are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. So you're sitting around some folks this morning, and maybe you got to speak to them, maybe you didn't, but uh, why don't you do me a favor and, um, and just turn to someone um, that maybe you didn't come to church with, uh, maybe behind you, in front of you, to the side of you, and, um, and in a moment, ask them how they're doing, okay, how you doing? And then after they respond, then they can ask you, how are you doing? And then you respond, okay? So let's take a few seconds and let's ask people how they're doing this morning, okay? Okay, can we come back together? Um, I know we didn't take a long time, but can you get back with me now? Yeah, so I got I to gotta hear how it went, okay? So I think you should answer for yourself, not the other person, okay? So, so how many of you answered something like this, good or fine? Yeah, I'm doing good or I'm fine. How many just hands up really high, lots of good and fines? Okay, how many went a little higher than that and either said like, Great or fantastic? I'm doing great. Or I'm doing fantastic. How many of you? We got not as many doing great, but we got a few. How, how about this? Now, there's, there's a few who would probably have said this. Better than I deserve. Or, or living the dream. Anybody? Hands up really high. Come on. You know you're out there. I hear that sometimes. I wonder how many of you said something like this. Um, not, not very good. Not great. And I got a feeling there wasn't a lot. We, we, we struggle to kind of admit that at a surface level. To some degree, I certainly understand that. It's kind of like how we don't ever want to admit we were asleep. You notice that? Annette will say to me, hey, you want to go upstairs and watch this show with me? I've been wanting to watch. And so, you know, I go up with her and about 15 minutes into it, she's like, Rick Harvey, you are asleep. And I never am willing to admit, I'm like, no, no, it, this is good. I like it. It's good. It's good. My mother-in-law sits in her chair and sleeps. And I'll say, well, you had a good nap. She goes, I was awake. I wasn't asleep. And, and I say, well, that's strange because you snored when you were awake. You might ought to go to the doctor and check that out. I don't think that's good, snoring when you're awake. I'm, somebody could call my house, I promise you, at 1 in the morning and say, did I wake you up? And I would say, no, I was just laying here... Um, just laid a book down. Why is it that we don't want to admit? I think it's the same way with not doing good. It, it's hard to say. But the other day, not making it up, right outside that door on Easter Sunday morning, I passed someone that I hadn't spoken to for several weeks, and I said, how you doing? And they said to me, not so good, not great. I stopped, I went back, and I said, it's life, isn't it? They said, yeah. I said, some days, good, some days are challenging. You're in a challenging day. Yeah, I am, really challenging. So this week, I sent a text saying, hey, I want you to know I heard you Sunday. I've prayed for you this week. What about those days when you're not doing so good? We all have them, right? What about somebody who would say this morning, Pastor Rick, instead of living the dream, it feels more like we're living the nightmare. Because I have some friends who are. That's, that's what they're living. 
right now. I remember going to a church on a Sunday morning. Not the church I was pastor and I was a guest. I was a visitor. And I'm sitting kind of out in the middle of the congregation. And it comes prayer time and you'll never believe what the pastor stood up and said. What is your greatest need today? What's your greatest concern? You know God's here. And He loves you. And it's okay to ask for help. The same question I asked you at prayer time a minute ago intentionally. And when he said those words, it was like pouring water on parched ground. I drank them in. Because I was hurting that day. I was hurting bad. Here's what I believe. I believe that we often come to worship. So you got it this morning. You said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to church. I think we often come to worship broken. Often. You say, what do you mean broken? Well, either physically or emotionally. Sometimes spiritually. In need of healing. Sometimes we need to be restored. And sometimes we need forgiveness. We need a miracle is what we need. And so, I don't know what your story is today. Some of you, I know your stories, but there may be someone sitting here or someone watching online who says, Rick, for me, it's, it's physical. I'm, I'm, I'm sick. I've got something I'm dealing with. I need God's touch. I need God to heal me. I'm in trouble physically. Physically, I'm broken. And, and I need healing today. That's what I need. I'm, I'm physically broken and I need healing. For somebody else, you may say, it's, I'm car- emotionally, I'm carrying this load. It's, it's maybe a relationship that is broken in my life or maybe someone I love I'm concerned about. Or maybe I've experienced loss. Or maybe I'm really low for whatever reason. Maybe just emotionally I'm down. But, but I need God to restore my heart. I mean, I'm... I'm suffering. And, and maybe others would say it's, it's spiritual for me. You talk about living life with God. I'm not living life with God right now. I'm very, very far from God. I've drifted a long way away. I've messed up. And I need forgiveness in my life this morning. Here I am. I'm in church, pastor, but I'm broken. I want to take you to Luke chapter 6, where a man comes to church broken. Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 6, okay? Here's what's going on in the first five verses. It's a conversation Luke is having about the Sabbath, and here's a little story that he tells. Jesus is with his disciples, and they go through a, a grain field, and the disciples on the Sabbath begin to pull off a few kernels, and they... They, they rub their hands together and wave away the chaff and they eat the kernels. And Pharisees saw what they were doing and said, Why are you doing something unlawful on the Sabbath? You know. And Jesus responds to them and His response ends with this. The Son of Man is the Lord even over the Sabbath. And so it leaves you scratching your head a little bit saying, I, I think maybe He's talking about 
you know, he has fulfilled the old covenant and his blood is now the blood of the new covenant. We're moving in that direction. But it doesn't fully give us a, a clear picture of all that he means. But then when you get to verse 6, that was on the Sabbath. It says, on another Sabbath, so we're still talking about Sabbath, right? He went into the synagogue and he was teaching and a man was there who was broken. Whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. And so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he knows what you're thinking. And he knows what I'm thinking. And he said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. And so he got up and he stood there. And then Jesus said to them, I ask you which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it. He looked around at them all. It's, it's like he was waiting for a response. It feels like a pause, right? And then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious. And they began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. He came to worship broken. Is there anybody in the room today who would say, Pastor, I came to worship today broken? And it's in this story and in this conversation about the Sabbath that you and I learn something about God. And isn't that why you showed up today anyway? Not only to worship, but don't you want to know about God? Aren't you curious to learn more about God? Don't you want to understand the ways of God? Aren't you anxious to know more about God? Don't you want to know God more, more fully? Don't you want to know God more? Aren't you here wanting to know something about God? And it's in this story that Luke reveals something to us powerful through Jesus about God. So, I remember walking into a Walmart a few years ago. My heart was heavy. I was carrying a heavy, heavy load. And it was about somebody that I love a great deal, and I was concerned about them. And the longer the day went on, the heavier that load got. And I remember going and picking up some stuff, and I got to the line to check out. And I'm looking around at this mass of people around me at Walmart. And I remember looking at those individuals, and I remember wondering to myself, I wonder if some of these people are hurting like I'm hurting. I wonder if there's anybody here in these lines with me that's carrying a load like I'm carrying today. I wonder if I can see it in their face. You've come to worship this morning. There's people around you, some are carrying a heavy load. Can you see it? And I think maybe a more profound question is, does God see it? God, do you see what's going on in my heart this morning? Do you believe God sees you in your brokenness? 
And I'm sorry, but you can't just drive by that one. You've got to stay there for a few minutes, okay? I'm asking you to answer the question. You've all been broken at some point. Do you believe God sees you in your brokenness? So Philip Yancey, in his book, Disappointment with God, he tackles three questions that we sometimes ask when God does not do what we wish He would or maybe what we have asked Him to do. Or when God allows something to happen that we wished He would have not allowed to happen. And Yancey says these are the questions, and he tackles all three of them in his book, Is God Unfair? Come on, man, I've lived for you, right? I've served you. I mean, I've held up my end of the bargain. And now this is where I am in my life. A second question, he says, we we sometimes ask when God doesn't work in the way that we think maybe He should or the way we ask Him to, or maybe He allows something to happen that we wish He had not have allowed to happen, we say, is God silent? Hello? I'm talking to you. You hear me? Are you going to answer? Is God hidden? If you're out there, I can't find you, man. If you're there, I don't see you. So just in full transparency, I'm going to talk to you for a minute about my wife, Annette, and I, and the discussions we're having in our house these days. We're asking why God answers some prayers and He doesn't answer others. I know it's an age-old question, but we can't help but ask it. It's where we're living. Why does God heal some people and does not heal others? Why God acts in certain ways and at other times He acts in other ways? We read the book of Job through together a few weeks ago in our reading through the Bible and it was no help at all. Anybody else reading through with me? Anybody else want to testify? Yeah. Annette said, just get me through Job, please. Just get me through. Because really what you're left with at the end of Job is there are some things that happen in life and we don't know why. And we're not going to know in this world. You're just going to have to trust God. And so it leaves people like Annette and me saying, God, you see us, right? You hear us, right? And so I love this part of the story. He said to the man with the shriveled hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. John, would you mind coming over? I never give you a heads up. I know. Yeah, come on. You'll do fine. Oh, come and stand right here, would you? So he says, come, stand in front of everybody right here. And so the guy comes and he stands in front of everybody. A broken man. And he comes and he stands. And, and I think what is interesting to me is that Luke tells the story like this. He says, and Jesus said to the man. (laughs) Well, what do you mean he said to the man? There's a lot of men in the room, right? You got teachers of the law, you got Pharisees, you've got some of Jesus' own followers, you've got worshipers. It's a synagogue for heaven. Look around. It's Saturday morning for them, but it's like Sunday morning for us. Jesus said to the man, but 
Luke becomes specific. The man with the, with the shriveled hand. And what Luke is saying is that Jesus saw him. And it's even interesting to me that the Pharisees knew Jesus was going to see him because they're wondering, what is he going to heal the guy with the shriveled hand? Because he typically sees people who are broken. Thank you, John. And that's the point. Jesus sees us, and he speaks to us in our brokenness. So here you are at church on a Sunday morning, and you're broken. And I just want to remind you that Jesus sees you in your brokenness. You're not going to get out the door this morning and say, I don't think he even saw me. Oh, no. He sees you. And while Annette and I don't have all of our questions answered, here's what we do know. That he sees the people we are praying for. He knows who they are. He knows where they are. He knows what they're going through. And he loves I want to show you a painting, okay? So, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called Christ Healing the Sick in the Temple. That's the name of the painting, okay? Anybody familiar with it? Did you know that Benjamin Franklin founded the Pennsylvania Hospital in the mid-1700s? Yeah. In the early 1800s, the president of the hospital commissioned Benjamin West, who lived in London to do a painting for the Pennsylvania Hospital. He said, we'd like to put it on display, and, and we would like to use that as a fundraiser. All right? And so in 1811, West completed the painting, and in 1815, he completed what he called an improved painting. And this is the picture of the improved. And, and he titled it, Jesus Healing the Sick in the Temple. And so you can see Jesus with a mass of humanity, broken, hurting, diseased, crippled, and Jesus takes time to heal. His arms are open, not, not closed. I love the painting. But what gets my attention about the painting is where they are. They are in the temple. What are you all doing in the temple? It seems to me God has let you down. Why would you come to worship? Well, we haven't given up on God. We're broken, but we still believe. We're hurting, but we're not quitting. I'm in pain, but I haven't lost my faith. This is a difficult season of my life. Maybe the hardest season of my life. I'm not going to turn my back on God. Let me belabor the point, okay? Do you remember in Luke chapter 13, there is another story of a healing on the Sabbath. It's a woman who has been bent over for 18 years, okay? So she lives her life like this. If you shake her hand, she's going to have to turn her head to the side and kind of look up at you to, the, to you through the corners of her eyes. And so for 18 years, this has been her life. 18 years is a long time. You know, I, I get sick for a, a few days and I call my mom and I want to cry, you know. 18 years, here she is. 18 years, this is her life. 
For 18 years, this has been her life. Where do you find her on the Sabbath? The synagogue. She's come to worship. What are you doing in the synagogue? Well, I'm, I'm broken. But I'm not quitting on God. I'm broken, but I'm not giving up on my faith. I'm broken, but I'm still going to serve Him. I don't understand why this has happened to me, but I'm still going to follow Him. And Jesus goes to her, and He says to her, You are set free. And He puts His hands on her, and she straightens up. Yeah. I see it every Sunday. People walk through these doors broken. What are you doing here? You're broken. You could have a bone to pick with the Father if you really wanted to. And the response is, I'm broken, but I haven't quit on God. (laughs) I'm broken, but I haven't given up on faith. I'm broken, but I still love Him. I'm broken, but I still will follow Him. I'm not quitting. I I love this part of the story. Jesus says to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretches out his hand, and his withered hand was made completely well. I just think it's just, I wish I could have been there, don't you? It would have just been amazing, you know? So this is awesome, right? Right. I mean, we should celebrate, right? Right. Let's have a party. We can't. Why? There's a problem. What's the problem? It's the Sabbath. Well, what's up with the Sabbath? Well, they were watching him. So if I stood here just like this, okay, and uh, my head is straight, and, uh, and Henry is here, and I just kind of look over at Henry without moving my head, kind of look at him out of the corner of my eye, I'm watching you, Henry, you know. I got my eye on you. That's what the word literally means when it says they were watching him. It's like spying on or watching out of the corner of their eye. You know, you know that look. I'm watching you to see what he would do. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. And so he says, which is right? To do evil or good on the Sabbath, to save life or destroy it. And it's like he pauses and waits for an answer. So it's at this point that Jesus removes the veil. And he says, I want you to catch a glimpse of God. I want you to see what God's like. It's at this point that Jesus just pulls back the curtain and says, I'm going, to let you, I'm going to let you have a peek. And, and I think it's the purpose of preaching. I think on Sundays, it's my job to open the Scripture and let you just catch a glimpse of God. And so Jesus just pulls back the veil and says, this is what God is like. You see, the Sabbath was mentioned in the law, the Torah. And you remember the commandment, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, right? 
And so on six days you will work, but on the seventh day, that is a Sabbath unto the Lord. It's a day of rest. And so scribes took it upon themselves to help common people like you and me understand, well, what does it mean to not work on the Sabbath? And what does it mean to keep it holy? You can walk this far, they said, but you can't walk that far. That's considered work. And when it came to healing, you can only heal in regard when life is in danger of being lost. So if it's not life-threatening, you can't heal on the Sabbath. That was what the scribes interpreted the law to mean. But do you remember what Jesus said? He said, let me sum up the law for you and the prophets. Let, let, let me tell you what the law is all about. God gave the law to Israel. The law was good for Israel. Let me tell you what it meant, okay? Jesus said, let me tell you what the spirit, what the intention behind the law is. Love God and love your neighbor. And so Jesus is saying, if you want to know what God is like, here's where God is in this whole story today. God would ask the question, what is the loving thing to do for this man? What's it mean to love in this moment? If I can bring healing to his brokenness, then I think the loving thing to do is to heal his brokenness. And so we see a God who is compassionate, who is loving, who is caring, who's concerned, and he wants to help broken people. And so, I've only said a few things today. Really, I said we often come to worship broken, right? And Jesus sees us in our brokenness, right? And so I think the only thing left to do is simply to come to Jesus for healing and restoration and for forgiveness. So let me, let me do it one more time. What, what is your greatest need today? What is your greatest concern? You know he is here, don't you? You know that? And He loves you. And it's okay to ask for help. And so Nick's going to come up at this moment. And uh, I'm going to ask those of you who are going to help us with prayer this morning to just stand where you are. Those of you who are going to help us with prayer. And would you move to those places now? I want people just to be able to see uh, you and where you are. Uh, some of these folks that you see moving are pastors, and uh, some are um, uh, not pastors, but all of them are people that I would love to have pray for me. Every one of them are people I would love to have to pray for me. And so you see back over here in the back, and you see here, and then here, and here. We just thought some of you might struggle to make it down, and we didn't want you to be left out. And we wanted it to be easy to get to somebody today. And so, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing. And if you want to be prayed for today, I would just invite you to come to one of these people and just ask them to pray for you. Okay? Now, you may not want to say a whole lot. You may say, well, I don't, I don't know those people well enough just to say everything that's inside. That's okay. You can just say simply, pray for me. You can say pray about a, a sickness or 
pray about a relationship or pray about someone I love, that's okay. You don't have to just say everything to these people. That's, that's not important. They'll pray for you. But if this morning you say, Rick, I walked in the room to worship broken, but Jesus sees me, and I'm going to come to Jesus for healing and for restoration and maybe even forgiveness. So let's stand. And if you want to be prayed for, just move to people now. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.